welcome to Are You Karate Kidding Me? Your source for recaps, reviews, and items of interest from all around the Miyagi-verse. Oh my. I'm your host, Colin Canaday. I am your host, Jenny Carlson. And actually, we're not here to recap today. Today is all items of interest from all around the Miyagi-verse. Yeah, we're not here to praise Cobra Kai or bury it. We're here to discuss its items of interest. That's right. It's oops, all items of interest. It's (laughs) summer news review. Hashtag midsummer. Hashtag not that midsummer. Summer is just upon us, and we have a release date for Cobra Kai Season 5. So we thought we would interrupt our normally scheduled podcast and bring you this important news break bulletin and also recap our recent trip to California. The recaps, right? Well, I guess that is a recap. We're going to talk about our trip to California. Then we're going to recap and analyze the trailer for season five. Okay, that's true. And then talk about where we are. In terms of Cobra Kai, its destiny, its meaning to Netflix, and what might await, both in Season 5 and beyond. That's true. It's not just Cobra Kai items of interest. It's also Netflix items of interest, because now that Netflix is in the Cobra Kai business, their destinies are linked in a serious and important way. Mm -hmm. And I think what happens with Cobra Kai might be a bellwether for what happens with Netflix and vice versa. So I think that's also important news worth digesting. Yeah, fair enough. Well, then without further ado, shall we get into the show? Yes, let's start with our recap of (laughs) our trip to California. We've been on the run, driving in the sun, looking out for number one. California, here we come, right back where we started from. Well, we went to California to see Cobra Kai at Paley Fest. We masked up, we got a nice clean Airbnb, and we shacked up in the in the hills for just a long weekend so that we could attend Paley Fest in Los Angeles. It was a fun celebration of all things TV, but we were there for the Cobra Kai segments pretty much exclusively. It was at the Dolby Theater where they do the Oscars, so that was a fun, glamorous thing to do in Los Angeles once you squeeze past the crowd of gawkers outside the... The Dolby Theater? The Dolby Theater. That was the main attraction for sure let me set the scene a little bit more y'all have to understand we had not been out of austin in a hot minute we were supposed to go to los angeles in the spring of 2020 actually ironically then to go to star wars land the resistance needs your help and may the force be with us Star Wars Galaxy's Edge. Thank you, Colin. Um, see, it's already been wiped from my brain. And Disneyland, California. At Disneyland, California. But then COVID happened. We could not go. Quarantine descended. But bless our plane tickets, they held on. And they were going to expire later this year. Lo, Cobra Kai Season 4 was a blast. And hot on the heels of the season drop came the announcement that Cobra Kai would be featured at Paley Fest. So, of course, we bought tickets. We owe some very dear friends for helping us get closer to the stage because I did not think we were going to make it, but I really wanted to be able to make it. So we got the tickets and then proceeded to have a pretty busy spring. So busy that we didn't really think about whether we were going to California till the week before. One of the, the few luxuries of this situation of having banked the tickets because of a global pandemic is that we had more time than usual and the ability to book whenever there was a spare seat. So we wound up flying into California a couple days before Pele Fest without telling anyone but like two people that mm-hmm. it was happening, which meant that we didn't do a lot of promotion like some of our colleagues in Cobra Kai fandom did, but we were just really happy for the vacation. It was essentially a working vacation for us. So there were a couple of days that we were just out, you know, we were just driving up the coast and doing other things. But for like the, I think if I go back on my history, like it was the 6th, 7th, and 8th, we were doing mostly Cobra Kai stuff. Yeah. Some of this is on Peter's Cobra Kai companion feed because he's got footage of us, right? Oh, that's true. But what happened is that we rolled in and 
I finally messaged Peter, and I, you know, Amy knew we were coming, and told Peter that we were there, and he was like, "All right, we're going to the Cobra Kai mural. Mm-hmm. We're going to meet Tony from from Queen Cobra, so you need to join us." And it was Peter and Mikey, you know, who would eventually rent that DeLorean and buzz around the valley. That's um, right. This was all on April eighth. Was the meet up with the other creators? Indeed. By then, we had already done some buzzing around the valley ourselves because that was one thing that we did do upon arrival was hit up some of the film locations. As we will show you, we will not discuss at length the fact that we did not take a picture in front of the mural on the other side of the building in Culver City. But we were, you know, just kind of like wigging it and had a wonderful time finally giving Peter a hug uh, in person as opposed to always chatting back and forth. I gave him the gif fist bump hug. Dylan, you son of a bitch. That was just so satisfying. And... Then that evening, we went to the event, which was wonderful. There's been a ton of coverage. Uh, we live-tweeted through that, posted pictures to Insta, so you've seen what we saw and, and heard some of you know what we've already experienced. But I will say, it was not a super crowded venue. It wasn't as packed as I would have expected, but it was still a huge crowd in the, you know, in the Dolby Theater. So the Academy Awards have been held there, what, a week before? Maybe two weeks before? So, you know, very cool to be in that space and everyone who was there was extremely hyped to see cobra kai that's right we ran in it was a madhouse getting in the lines were crazy pants and probably the best moment in the entire week for me as a cobra kai fan was getting to hug our buddy amy yes. who i've also known for almost as long as i've known peter that was fantastic mm-hmm. got to meet Pete ilani got to meet her daughter got to meet all kinds of folks there was quite a bit of FaceTime with everybody. We showed up for a hot minute at the Bob's Big Boy. Unfortunately, we did not stay around long enough. We missed Thomas Ian Griffith. We did We did miss Thomas Ian Griffith when he came through. I mean, it was complicated because we. I had a bunch of like, like doctor's appointments and checkups and stuff. And so I was really hip to not eat indoors. But we were pretty tired at that point. We were like, it was almost midnight. Mm-hmm. Bob's Big Boy is open quite late. So it was worth it to me just to hang out. We got to meet Anne, who yeah. we love, and a bunch of other folks. So, so fun. Absolutely worth it. And that was that was the highlight. But the show was also fantastic. It was great to see the showrunners. Great to see the cast. Mm-hmm. Astonishing that I think the last time we were at a con was New York Comic Con in 2018. Yes, and that was like at the very, very, very beginning of of the whole thing. It was. And now Ralph and Billy have kind of eased into their role as the patriarchs of this whole new world. Mm. And the showrunners, you know, everyone is, is sort of locked into their position and how they, how they talk about and represent Cobra Kai. We, we still learn some new stuff. And it was neat to see all the cast interact. Oh, absolutely. That was really delightful. The only cast member that we really missed was Sholo. Mm-hmm. Still haven't seen him live yet. But Mm. delightful to see so many of... And Courtney was out as well. But still delightful to see so many cast members. The other person who was missing was, of course, Martin Cove, who we've seen before. Lovely man. Well, I mean, let's run down who was there. It was Ralph and Billy, obviously. Mm -hmm. Mary, Tanner, Peyton, let's see, Jacob... And Gianni. And Gianni. With with A-plus Binary Brothers content. Indeed. Thomas Ian Griffith, of course. Naturally. And John, Josh, and Hayden. Indeed. And uh, while we missed everyone else, and it was really sweet of Ralph to note that Courtney was off making a movie with George Clooney, and Sholo is off becoming a superhero, mm-hmm. and Martin Cove is off polishing his turquoise jewelry and taking over the world via podcast. Right. It was delightful to see everyone. Awesome to see that Gianni was wearing the prom suit. Yeah, that was a nice touch. A plus banter. And you know, I was I was a little disappointed when we were going in that we weren't gonna get season five content, but watching the finale of season four was really satisfying. It really was. It's always interesting because it's like these shows you normally don't see them with a big audience. Mm-hmm. So to watch it like in a movie style presentation always changes the tenor of that kind of experience. Well, and it drives home that it truly is cinematic, right? With these big finales from Cobra Kai, we are blessed to just watch them at home, but... Yeah, it helps that it was the finale and that you had all that great, all the great tournament stuff and the big fights between Sam and Tori and the big fight between Hawk 
and uh, Robbie. Like, yeah, that was outstanding. And the big hug between Johnny and Robbie. Mm-hmm. Which you know, spoilers. We we presume that if you're listening to us, you've seen all of Cobra Kai season five. But there are some moment oh wait we will we've already spoiled all the big moments but the biggest moment as i've already tweeted was the reveal that chosen is returning mm-hmm. and as we tweeted at the time like the screams that went down for his for yuji's return yeah he got the biggest he and mr miyagi got the most applause yeah which made me feel truly like one with the rest of the fandom because those are like my biggest applause moments as well. Mm-hmm. <sighs> so I have goosebumps just like imagining that scene at the end. So that was really neat. Those moments were so cool. And then, you know, hanging out with everyone afterward was wonderful. It was just neat. It was lovely. Absolutely. Yeah. And then we topped it off with a trip to the happiest place on Earth. That would be golf and stuff. Open 10 a.m. every day at Metro Center. It's golf and stuff. That's right. We got in a, a quick 18 at the golf and stuff. Topped it off with a, a cherry Coke at the Bob's Big Boy. It was quite an afternoon. The next, Well, this was all the next day. It was April, so the weather was choice. It was just fantastic all the way down yeah and you know just as a as a human again so great to go on vacation and wonderful to like do it with a thing that we love Mm -hmm. and kind of set the grind aside and just be a fan and and see the things we love and 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 take in what was scorching hot weather but the nice la weather at the end yeah yeah so wish we lived there full-time sadly we don't and unfortunately we missed netflix as a joke which came later because we had to get back to austin and get to work that sounded like a true blast it kind of felt from hearing from folks who'd been there that it was sort of like nickelodeon Hmm. like when nickelodeon used to go on those tours and Mm -hmm. mark mark summers would be talking to everyone like the way they had brett and dan anchor the game show format and Mm -hmm. that just sounded awesome and all the clips that we that i saw were fantastic and it's just clear that from what we saw what our friends saw and the whole vibe surrounding this upcoming season and the show at this point is that on one hand cobra kai is a well-oiled machine with some of the best talent in the business with the support of a media juggernaut behind it but it's st- the the core of the cast really is a family and they relate in a way with deep appreciation for each other which is just really rewarding to see having been a fan of a lot of different shows to have this one be such a happy place really fills my cup up after a couple of years in the wilderness away from entertainment it's great to see yeah excellent well, so would you like to tell us more about your experience with golf and stuff uh, golf and stuff is great it's got all the accoutrement you would expect from a world-class mini golf place the accoutrement accoutrement what is that shit it's got three different courses that you can play depending on how they arrange the holes it's got an arcade the ferris wheel and stuff were were not there yeah the water Uh, slide the water slide that stuff was either taken down years ago or was never quite really there to begin with i think terry silver is responsible for its destruction i know <laughs> well i think ferris wheel like you can roll those in and out of a parking lot uh, pretty easily maybe that's only there seasonally but the but the golf and stuff building itself and the go-kart track next door are still perfectly intact perfectly operational for a great saturday afternoon in socal there is a photo booth there it's a little it's a little dodgy but it is there you could sit in it Mm-hmm. Um, they did not have the duck hunt or the, whatever the duck shooting game that Allie shoots Daniel with. Yeah, I, I was looking for that. I couldn't find one. Yeah, no, we did look around. I think they had the Terminator arcade game. That was the closest thing they had. Fair enough. But uh, in the golf and stuff merch, they had T-shirts, but they did not have the polo shirt that you see Chris wearing. Well, the employees had those. Did they? Did the actual employees have the shirts? Yeah, on? yeah, they have blue golf the, and stuff. The same shirts. shirt. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I didn't notice that. Yeah. But oh my god! It, you can't get that unless you're an employee. So I imagine that's quite the hot item. Dang! They should sell that. Like I would pay online. You would think. Yeah, golf and stuff. I. You got to keep it exclusive, uh, or else there's no mystique to it. Yeah, but I mean, not enough people know that golf and stuff is real. I mean, we've had golf people tweet at us, very real, saying, "Is this real?" Yes, it is real. And by the way. They're real, oh. and they're spectacular. 
And you would think that the golf and stuff location that Daniel and Allie went to in the original Karate Kid was the one that's further north, like Newport or somewhere up north, and Reseda. In fact, it is in Norwalk, which could be pronounced Norwalk. I don't know. I don't know how it is in California. I've always heard it as Norwalk. I have too, but chicken suits and children driving without licenses, Mm. you know? Anyway... It was wild, because once you looked at the building and the the golf course itself, it was the same. That's right. Yep. Yeah. And who won that round of golf, Colin? Oh, you did, of course. Yeah, that's right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm actually really, I'm, I'm not act totally smug, because in truth, I, I usually suck at miniature golf. I think Colin was just so focused on taking pictures that maybe his attention was divided. I had to document... The, Me wiping the, ex- the floor with you? Mm, okay. All right. Anyway, No, you don't go on. Tell, tell us about your documentation. No, no, no. I was. I just had to get everything down on film for our Instagram. Indeed. Indeed. So, at any rate, all that to say, had a wonderful time. Biggest highlights, seeing that show again with the crowd, seeing everyone's healthy, smiling faces, and also meeting fellow fans in the flesh. Absolutely. Well, I think that covers the California stuff. Do you want to move on to the main attraction, the trailer? Absolutely. All right. We are not the first to parse this trailer. However, we have been ruminating on it, and we're excited to talk about it. And we weren't sure if we would do it, but then when folks asked us, we were like, of course we're doing it. What do you think? Yes. Well, we've done, all, we've done all the other major trailers, so we've had some time to think about it. So I've got some very interesting questions at the end of this so should we jump in we will it's only two minutes long technically one minute 54 seconds so this breakdown will not take as long as our recaps usually do but we will give it to you episode style so let's begin with cobra kai season five date announcement the trailer we begin i love the way this trailer begins because Mm -hmm. it begins with a title card that announces the flashback to the most recent tournament the way that cobra kai debuted with the title card and flashback to the 1984 all valley Ooh, that's a good call out so what we're setting up is this is an original trauma because with cobra kai it sets up johnny's original trauma it's an original trailer for an original trauma <laughs> it's our collective our long national nightmare because uh-huh. you know we're situating everyone's trauma and johnny and daniel's because Cobra Kai has won the All-Valley, meaning our heroes have been sent packing. So we see Tanner breaking bricks. We see Kenny fighting it out. We see Terry and Kreese gloating on the sidelines of this of this tournament. Boy, do they ever. We see flashbacks to Sam and Tori circling each other on the mat. Mm-hmm. And we get flashes of Tori's victory over Sam as the Cobras jump up and down and celebrate her. Johnny and Daniel, of course, look utterly disappointed and devastated. And distraught, really. Yes, because they have to give up their sensei forever, according to the terms of their weird deal. Indeed. Their dumb bed of honor that only makes sense to them. And, of course, Terry Silver is going to be opening up franchising the dojo everywhere. Oh, Terry's ecstatic. He's He really made out like a bandit on this deal. We get that shot of the Valley by Night that may or may not be from the Mulholland Drive scenic overlook. Mm-hmm. We see a shot of the Cobras in one of their new dojos that's very flash with a Terry Silver glowy picture on it. Yeah, they're clearly... Sp- spent a lot of that netflix budget on the cobra kai dojo this year we hear terry narrating and talking about how their competition has closed up shop today is a turning point at cobra kai our competition has closed up shop and the only thing better than a full dojo is a whole valley of full dojos and so we see daniel covering the miyagi do sign we see terry putting little flags on a map of the valley like a military offensive oh yeah exactly like there's there's a great shot that's like an overhead of the map and it's like oh no the valley's been completely overrun by cobra Kai. there's been some talk on the on the social media about what that map represents yeah a, a, a map besides we, the valley a map that we now know intimately from having driven all over the valley yeah 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 a lot but the the, there are flags on the map that clearly seem to represent Cobra Kai dojos. But then there's another kind of thing on the map that we're not clear what it is. Are they LaRusso auto dealerships? 
Oh, that's got to be what that is. Are they some kind of counteroffensive from Daniel and Chosen? I mean, the little markers that he's using are, like, coffee. They're, like, improvised little flags in, like, used, like, coffee creamer containers. So I have a feeling, like, if this was Terry's model, he would have, like, some sort of custom, like, nice, like, city model with, like, metal, (laughs) like, Cobra Kai pieces that he could place all over it. So I think maybe this is... Terry's the one narrating, but it might not be Terry's map. It may be... Daniels. That could That's be That's a it. good point, Colin. Thank you. So it's pro- more than likely this is a map in one of the dealerships showing where all the dealerships are and then Daniels placing little Cobra Kais to show us where the Cobra Kais are. Yeah. And maybe he's figuring out that yes, he is indeed surrounded. But again, this is the this is the Miyagi verse which exists entirely between Highway 1 <laughs> and Reseda. It's just the valley, and then maybe a bit of New Jersey, and maybe a bit of Okinawa, and almost nothing else. Yeah. Although now, this season, Mexico. Indeed. Anyway. So wait, but you know, one of the things that's happening in this montage as well is that Food and Terry's narration, we realize he's actually narrating an ad. An ad for Cobra Kai. Mm-hmm. So, you know, as his narration concludes, we see Johnny standing outside a strip mall, but it's like a bigger, better strip mall. Yeah. It actually is like a box store. It's It's got a mall church vibe, kind of like Righteous Gemstones. We thought we just messing around till we met that man in the corny crown. He told us that tricks and mischief please to Satan. Satan. So from now on, there's no misbehaving. Here we go now. A bit Righteous Gemstones. Yeah. But yeah, it's clearly, it well, was... It's a, it's a cult too, it right? It was a Sears, and then it was a Spirit Halloween for a while, and now it's a Cobra Kai. Now it's Terry Silver's mega church. So... The Righteous Silver. Wow. Just saying. So it's like Cobra Kai and the Righteous Metals? Something like that. Okay. At any rate... The Rare Metals. Wow. Okay. As Terry finishes his narration, looking smugly at the camera, and the students yell behind him, we see Daniel looking at that on a TV screen and turning off. He says, that's what we're up against. And then turns to Chosen, who is rocking an incredible shirt with looks like Another, cranes and bonsai at the same time. Yeah, it's a very nice uh, Hawaiian-style floral shirt. Well, and, you know, based on, on Hayden Schlossberg's old crane poetry that he wrote on Twitter before one of the seasons dropped, it looks like it's, like, bespoke for a hero in Cobra Kai. At any rate, they flash back to Terry Silver visiting... Miyagi-Do back in in the Karate Kid Part 3, and it's really sinister to see him, like, bowing before Mr. Miyagi next to the bonsai trees. Bonsai tree. And as Daniel tells Chosen in the narration that Silver isn't afraid of putting kids in harm's way, we see Daniel's bullying by Terry Silver juxtaposed with Tori being treated the same way, learning learning the Quicksilver method. We see Daniel telling Amanda that he's got to take Terry Silver down, and then perhaps the most storied exchange of this trailer. Yeah, so this is pretty epic. We've got some scene where Terry is leaning in and telling Daniel that... You're playing with fire, Danny boy. And Daniel looks on with absolute confidence as Chosen snaps back. And I am gasoline. Clearly, Cobra Kai is way past the messing around point. Chosen is jumping out of the gate with an epic moment already. When Chosen came back in Series 3, you know, it was great to see this fan favorite character again. But also, he had so many more layers to him. He's funny now. He's, He's wise in his own way. We'll get more into it in a second in the analysis portion. But, yeah, Chosen is giving us some epic style from the jump, and it's great to see. Absolutely. A lot of bravado, a lot of braggadocio. And also, really, as you said, you know, Daniel's so confident seeing Chosen do this, and it's a different side of Daniel than the one who instantly reacted to Johnny's big talk, right? Daniel knows that Chosen is coming to this from the right place. He has absolute faith in him. And so that means that Terry Silver is actually under threat. If Daniel's on the same page as someone threatening Terry Silver, Terry Silver might go down. Meanwhile, (laughs) in Mexico, Johnny and Robbie are on a road trip to rescue Miguel, which raises the question, does Miguel even need rescuing? We'll find out. I mean, this is the beginning of, of some scenes with, in the trailer of... Johnny and Robbie wearing 
those FBI female body inspector shirts that are clearly the kind of shirts you buy at a tourist trap boutique. Right. Well, yeah, Johnny and Robbie have been to a couple of road stops. We see that briefly also in one of the quick clips. Yeah, Johnny's like walking out of one of these shops with sunglasses with the tag hanging off him, so he's like mini Pearl kind of yeah. leaving the tag on. If I had to guess, I, I'm thinking maybe most of these shots are all from the same episode, but I'll get into that in a minute. So when we first got the inkling that Johnny would be going to Mexico to get Miguel and to save Miguel, and that Robbie might be going with him, you know, I, I think my fanfic brain instantly was like, wow, there must have been an incredible come-to-Jesus moment when Johnny approached Robbie and said, you have to help me, we have to fix what we've wronged. But no, of course not. We learned from the trailer that Johnny didn't tell Robbie right away that they were going to find Miguel. Well, thank you for flagging that. I thought that was an interesting line, and it's link if you miss it, but clearly, like, yeah, seeing Johnny with Robbie again is pretty jarring, but then... (laughs) To know that Robbie was not consulted about this rescue mission adds another layer to it that I think is fantastic. How could you take me down to Mexico and not mention we were coming to get Miguel? Yeah, I mean, and, and excellent acting from Tanner because at this point we have to believe that he and Johnny are attempting good faith with each other. Like mm-hmm. they're they're meeting each other in good faith. But if that were my dad, I would still be like, you're you're a maniac. Oh, yeah. Well, I mean, it's fathers and sons. Johnny's taking his biological son to go rescue his new, hopefully, stepson one day. Hey, maybe. And it's becoming a real My Two Sons situation, minus Fred McMurray. It's my three sons on Nick at night. They've got a dad. His name is Steve. He's got a job. He's really tall. Or William Frawley. Oh, God. We should be so lucky to get a, to have a Charlie. Actually, though, William Frawley plays Bub. But you're right. We need an Uncle Charlie. Could be chosen. Yeah. That, sound, that sounds reasonable. We're going to find out real fast who among our listenership is a baby boomer and who watched Nick at Night in the 80s. And then there's Bub. He makes them food. They've got a dog. They're my three sons. Robbie asks Johnny, Do you even have a plan? And Johnny says, Of course I do. I'll ask around if anyone saw Miguel. Super helpful, and Robbie's face reveals that he thinks that's about as productive as we do. That's the big plan. So, as we go back and forth between these scenes of of Daniel and Chosen and Terry Silver and Johnny and Robbie, we also see Johnny and Robbie in a cage match audience situation. Mm-hmm. And Johnny getting into a big fight. Yeah, so we're going to get more opportunities for Johnny to raise a little heck on this whole Mexico expedition plot line. We also see Miguel getting out of the bus that he got on at the end of season four. Where Carmen- clearly there was a hairdresser on the bus, even though he's got the same costuming that he did when he got on the bus. Someone's done a little something with his hair. That bus ticket had some hairdos. Carmen yeah. on the phone reacting to that. And as we see Johnny just kicking some, either a bouncer or a tough guy in the face. Then we have some narration from Johnny with the flashback of him walking into the now emptied Cobra Kai dojo in Reseda. He says, we all get shit wrong sometimes, but if you own up to your mistakes, you always have a shot at making things right. And this is interesting because here we segue to a dynamic between Sam and Tori, right? Right. The other big piece of fallout from season four that the trailer addresses. So we've got the whole Terry Silver, Daniel Chosen situation. Then we have the Robbie Miguel johnny situation and now we've got the tory sam debacle well yeah and sam is in a kind of a dream sequence where she's going in a circle mm-hmm. and as she rotates in the circle in her in her gi she sees um moon and yasmin dressed as cheerleaders the way they all were in halloween in season one That's right. When Sam was allied with people who were bullying her old best friend, Aisha. Clearly Sam working through some stuff in the dreamscape, much in the way that Miguel was working through stuff in his dream. Now now Sam is the dream warrior. That's right. Apparently Sam is the dream warrior. I am the wizard master. In the name of Loric, Prince of Elves, demon be gone. And, you know, looking at her as Johnny's talking about her past mistakes that she's got to own up to is that she hasn't always been innocent of bullying. Exactly. First by association, 
she bullied Aisha. Then, directly suspecting Tori and, and coming to Tori in bad faith in the very beginning of their relationship, she also played into Tori's exclusion. True. Yeah. But then Sam has also had her own journey of victimization where she tried non-participation. That didn't work. She tried being passive with Miyagi-Do. She tried pacifism with Miyagi-Do, and that didn't work. And then she tried a little bit of aggression, and that didn't work. And in parallel with that, we see Tori looking at her trophy pensively because we all know that she knows that Terry threw her fight. That's right. Well, we'll put a pin in that for a moment. Cut to a parking lot where Robbie, Miguel, and Johnny are having their confrontation. Uh, And then Daniel says, There's only one way to end this. We have to cut the head off the snake. Cut to Terry Silver sparring with some guys. Then, in... We cut to Sam's dream sequence, which is really interesting, right, Colin? Oh, yes. We got Sam the Dream Warrior fighting a, a faceless person that seems to have Sam's exact same haircut, except she's in a dark gi, which makes me think this is a Rise of Skywalker situation. Sam v. Dark Sam. Where, Sam, where it's a Sam v. Dark Sam. Don't be afraid of who you are. Yeah, Light Sam is fighting with a bow staff, whereas quote-unquote dark sam appears to be fighting with two sighs yeah and as we all know the bow staff is the favored weapon of donatello called a bow that's what uh, donatello used to use this is my favorite turtle so. i like turtles then we see johnny standing at Reseda flats telling carmen badass so we see johnny kicking a surfboard i don't know if we're in la kicking or- a surfboard in <laughs> half indeed we also see miguel in what looks like a back room looking at a kingpin at a table and a cowboy hat and then fighting some guy then cutting from that to miguel and robbie fighting in the courtyard of Reseda flats yeah so they get back to california at some point in the season we'll come back to that in a minute because i have theories then we fade into terry Silver standing in a steam room saying, I told you not to play with fire. And then title card. Is that going to be like a, a showdown at the Encino Oaks Country Club? That would be amazing. Yes. Yeah, if Terry gets membership, even though Daniel is already a member, that would be galling. I would love to see the return of the spaghetti sauce. Well, knowing Terry, it would be a complete overkill situation. He would arrange to have spaghetti sauce dumped on Daniel like Carrie at the prom. (laughs) Cyanide-laden spaghetti sauce. (laughs) So, then we see the, the Roman numeral V. In the place of the insnake, we see the V, Cobra Kai, and then the date, September 9th, which, as a September birthday, I'm thrilled. I don't know if I predicted this on the show, but in private we've talked about it, and I was like, there's no way that they can hold out until winter for this season. I had long suspected that this season was going to come a little bit earlier than it has the last couple of years, and so, yeah, early fall feels about right. We knew summer wouldn't be possible because of all the stuff you have to do in, in post. But mm-hmm. we ho- we hope for October. Uh, Halloween is one thing we talked about, or Labor Day. And this yeah. is this is perfect for us. So we're Absolutely. thrilled. Then my favorite moment. They give us a little stinger at the end where we see that scene with Daniel and Chosen. There are really only a few core scenes being played out in this trailer. They're not giving a lot away, right? Again, well, I have theories. So we see Daniel and Chosen in the LaRusso Mance. Daniel has just said we have to cut the head off the snake, apparently. And we see Chosen holding a sigh, to which Daniel's like, Whoa, no, 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 I didn't mean literally cut his head off. Again, Chosen's chaotic good comes to the rescue. Yeah, I think Chosen is going to be a welcome addition to the cast this year. This would just, uh, this trailer would be so fun to see with a lot of people. Like, I wish they would put this trailer before movies in theaters i would also welcome that indeed so that's it for cobra kai season five date announcement trailer so jenny i turn to you and ask as is our tradition 
What did you think of this trailer? What a banger of a trailer. The first time I saw it, I felt a little confused by all the moving parts. Not that I didn't know what was going on. I did. It just the scale is is so big with franchising, with with travel, with you know all these things happening at the same time with Chosen being in the valley. It was a little dizzying. The dizzying amount of feelings with a relatively constrained amount of scenes being shown in the trailer. It's a little bit of a lot, or a lot of a little bit. It I, is. I think that if I had to guess this trailer, uh, I mean, obviously you don't want to give away the farm with the trailer. That's understandable. But even still, I think maybe we're only getting oh, yeah. the first few episodes and also there's the teaser trailer they got to save something for the additional you know pre-launch trailers they're inevitably going to have toward the end of the summer right they've shown us we know from the past with cobra kai that they and not not to sound like a shill but they just expertly cut these trailers to make you feel like you've seen it and then when you see the show there's so much more that you couldn't see coming i think that miguel's plot line will be resolved relatively quickly Thank you. That's what I also think. They've done that before. They'll do it again. It seems very likely that that's going to happen because the 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 real the real joy of this season will be seeing our senseis together, mm-hmm. Johnny, Daniel, and Chosen, yeah, and fighting against Terry Silver. They didn't show us a lot of Chosen scenes, and I think there's a very good reason for that. So I think that you know Miguel's issues will be resolved relatively quickly. I think that the bigger challenge for Miguel and Robbie will be how they relate to each other now that they're both trying to claim Johnny as their their dad one way or another. Mm-hmm. And I think also that we we just we ain't seen nothing yet. True that. Well, I mean, I I think that brings up a lot of great points. I think mechanically the only way the show works is i mean the show's called cobra kai it started off with johnny's journey it's become more of an ensemble since then but johnny is still at at the core of the story and for to for them to take him out of it on his own like solo mission for any lengthy period of times seems wrong so i think a fun idea is maybe just do one episode that just follows johnny and robbie on their big expedition yep. to go get Miguel. Maybe that's episode one or two, like the same way that in previous seasons we've gotten like one episode that's almost entirely Daniel, one episode that's almost entirely Johnny. Like, let's do that again, but this time it's just Johnny and Robbie's big adventure to go fetch Miguel. They work out most of that stuff pretty much immediately, and then Miguel's because again it it makes no sense to keep miguel out of the narrative of the story it'll be very interesting to see like if any of these separate threads with daniel with johnny with sam and tori like how they intersect if at all right yeah because it's like this the trailer seems to present us with these three big major plot lines that were established at the end of season four and I think a lot of that's going to get tied up pretty quickly so that we can get on to new stuff. I I think the show is very interested in giving us more new stuff rather than just trying to, like, untangle the spaghetti that it set up in season four. Exactly. And I think on the subject of new versus old, you know, every season there's kind of a a dyad uh, or two characters that need to resolve their stuff often it's johnny and daniel but you know they tease at the younger cast this season we're gonna see robbie and miguel have to bury the hatchet but we're also gonna see hopefully something between tori and sam one thing i really like about the way that sam's journey has evolved is that the show lets sam perceive herself as passive Mm -hmm. and innocent right sam to me and to you has been likable but a person who hadn't yet had to confront these things, but she had a long arc toward it. And the show doesn't make us think that she deserved the trauma she got, even though she had also done her share of of looking the other way when people were bullying and, and working to exclude others. So they had her process her trauma. Now she has to process this new problem, both the trauma from her loss the, the trauma of having, and I always kind of laugh when fans talk about trauma because there are a lot of words you can use to talk about this, but it is traumatizing. The trauma and the abuse of Daniel and Johnny mm-hmm. putting all the responsibility for the dojo's future on her shoulders, mm. the dojo's fate. 
and her falling out with Tori that they're two people, two women who should not be unmutual with each other because of these larger political problems that are happening in the Miyagi-verse. Exactly. So it's really neat to see her come to this reckoning, even just in this trailer. Mm-hmm. We know that, that the actors love working together. Um, and we know that both of them have demons to confront from their past. Again, I think that the show is going to have Sam take a darker turn, even darker than we've seen, because she's already, you know, bristled at Daniel's attempts to control her. And even with Daniel embracing her for who she was at the end of season four, that's more Daniel's victory than Sam's because Sam went right on to lose and and was very upset about that and looked wrecked at the end of season four. So I think we're going to see some darkness from Sam. The fact that we haven't seen much of Tori, right, as you observed, we only see her being bullied by Terry Silver and being pensive about her trophy. I don't remember seeing her in the ensemble scene during the Cobra Kai commercial. Yeah, she's not. She's notably absent in a lot of the scenes that take place in the Cobra Kai dojo. Yeah. So I think that this may be, this will be an interesting year for Tori. I think it will be, is this going to be the year that Tori finally turns a corner? Uh, maybe. It'll yeah. be very interesting to see. I don't know if you could completely redeem Tori and even if you had a full season to do it. So, like, they're really going to have to work hard to to show us that. Or, or, at the very least, if she could at least, you know, show us some signs that she's ready to turn a corner yeah. as a character, that would be interesting to see. Even if it doesn't completely get all tied up in a nice little bow by the end of the season. Another Cobra Kai whose soul needs saving, based upon how we attached to him earlier in the show, is Kenny. That's true. We do get some nice bits with Kenny in the trailer, but mostly it's it's the opposite of with Tori. Like, can we only see Kenny at Cobra Kai? Ferocious Kenny. Yeah, towing the line for for Cobra Kai. So it'll be very interesting to see how his journey goes. We didn't really see any of of Anthony. No, that's what I was going to say. The other dyad is is Kenny and Anthony, and yeah. no sign of Anthony. Yeah, a- Anthony is MIA. Unless he's in a, like in a, in a corner somewhere. And, and speaking of famous MIAs, where is John Kreese in this trailer? Well, nobody's bailing that guy out of jail. Uh, yeah, that's true. Nobody would be... I, it would be... Here's the in, here's the, here's the way you play it. No one comes to visit Kreese at jail until finally we get a reversal of one of those scenes in season four where it's like, Kreese, you have a visitor, and maybe it's Robbie. I think that Johnny's going to bail Kreese out of jail. Either Johnny or Daniel. Those two characters have would be the most interesting to watch bailing Kreese out of jail. And yeah. This show can't help itself. Yeah. So I think it would be, I think it would be like this, this moment, or he served his time. I mean, he's an old guy. He's a vet. That's true. He could get cleared. He could get an alibi. Like, it's just that if you don't have any money, which he doesn't, and you're waiting on your court date, Mm -hmm. you know, so either if he gets bailed out, I think it or Amanda, another person who would be very interesting to see him getting bailed out of jail. Less interesting would be Terry bailing Crease out for his own nefarious purposes. Yeah, I don't see that happening. Yeah, no. There, there's no way Terry frames someone for assault and then l- lets them off the hook. Like that seems that seems nutty, even for Terry Silver. <laughs> exactly, exactly. So another pair that uh, have not shown up in the trailer are that I could see, unless it was in a flashback to last season, were Hawk and Dimitri. That's true, and they were at all the recent outings for the cobra kai cast we don't see any we don't really see any of the miyagi does in this trailer not even like not no training in secret nobody at school no yeah none of the kids anyway so you know it's i don't think they're gone i don't think they got aisha i hope they didn't you know we but we know that Sometimes cast members go away for a long time and they may not come back to the same extent that they had been in the show before. Well, I mean, I wouldn't... I mean, let me put it this way. I mean, the show started out fairly focused with a small core cast. And as the show has gone on, the supporting cast and the number of characters at play and the number of 
pieces to keep track of has ballooned to almost Simpsonian proportions <laughs> to where it's just like you could point to a half a dozen characters and ask where they are. It's like, where is Houseless Lynn? Where's Counselor Blatt? Who knows? I think this trailer only comprises maybe little bits of the first few episodes of the season. And I think season four was very good about checking in with every single character in the whole character package. So I can't imagine that we won't have... I, I would love, like, a Hawk and Dimitri solo adventure. I mean, you know, people talk about, like, you know, Kreese getting his own, like, Vietnam spinoff movie. No, give me a Hawk and Dimitri spinoff movie or show. That would be amazing. I think part of the deal with Hawk and Dimitri is that they're now... Both of them have fulfilled the arcs that they started at the beginning of the show, mm -hmm. to a some extent. Dimitri, you know, has learned to accept that he is good at things, but he may not be the best. Mm -hmm. He's not the biggest nerd. He's not the... The, the the biggest karate virtuoso, but he's pretty good. Well, he is the biggest nerd. Let's, yeah. let's not the, mince words. But I mean, the point with Dimitri is that he's always leaned into being a nerd because he thought he couldn't do anything else. So he doesn't have to be a giant nerd. He can be all these things at the same time. And Hawk has kind of synthesized his different elements of his personality, found himself, and, and come back to being Eli and Hawk together. And both Dimitri and Hawk have ladies... <laughs> that is true and their ladies are pals so you know part of what we're gonna see is them kind of being i think happy grown-ups in relation i wouldn't push it that far but i definitely because compared the show, to the others well the show lives on drama but i i mean we have to get hawk back because he's got to defend his title at the at some point absolutely no i mean i don't know if that's going to be this season or season six which i'm increasingly confident will happen i think that we've seen something happen with cobra kai where the first tournament we saw, Miguel won fair, but he fought dirty. He mm -hmm. won fair in that he didn't win illegally. Mm -hmm. But for Johnny, Miguel, you know, skimmed the surface of fighting dirty. Mm -hmm. Then, this tournament, the ladies' side was rigged, but both women fought with honor. And on the, on the men's side, Hawk won fair and square against Robbie. Yeah. Fair fight, Hawk won fair and square. So... The final tournament, whenever it comes, whoever wins will have to win by fighting fair. And and here's hoping it won't be rigged. Or that it's not an aliens versus predator situation. Whoever wins, we lose. Oh, my God. Well, there can be only one. That is crazy. At any rate, so there's a lot to unpack. I don't think we're going to get a tournament this season. I do think... Seems unlikely. It seems unlikely, but I do think we're going to see our favorites and they'll be around. They'll be happy they'll be around. There's going to be some massive fight at the end of the season. It I is. don't think we have any clips in this from later episodes, so who knows where that fight will be. Hopefully it'll be the big golf and stuff fight that I'm... Oh my god, give us the golf and stuff. You guys, you don't know this, but when we were watching Breaking, Breaking Bad, there were so many Chryslers in that show that Colin predicted that the finale would have to be a giant fight in a Chrysler factory. <laughs> and we didn't get that, but but man, if we could get a golf and stuff fight, I would be so... Well, wait, there has already been a fight at the laser tag place. That's true, but there's so much fun stuff to do when you're if you're doing fight choreography out on a, out on a mini golf course. Oh, yeah. Like the windmill alone is although maybe I'm answering my own question, maybe health and safety means that it's just like yeah, putting, you know, so many pointy surfaces to toss so stuntmen over. That seems like it's asking for trouble. I think, I think whatever, if we're, if we're going to get six seasons of Cobra Kai on Netflix and we have one final fight, there will, there will be a mid-season fight, if all, all things remain equal at least, and then there will be a final fight. And some of this we'll rehash again when we finish recapping this season. Mm -hmm. But I think that, you know, it would be nice to see a, a historical fight like at, at the Will Rogers State Park, where they shot the the first ever fight of the Karate Kid. Somewhere like that would be really neat to see come back. Sure. And we know the cast is capable of getting to L.A. to shoot it. So, all that to say, let's talk for a minute about Chosen and how he's going to fit... Well, bef before we get away from the young cast, I'm thinking about Robbie. You know, we know that, that the fact that he and Johnny are on the same page doesn't mean that all is healed or forgiven. We know that... This show, like all good storytelling, uses backslides, in, in their case, liberally, to show how growth does and doesn't happen and to reiterate lessons someone needs to learn. Mm -hmm. 
uh, and they've already kind of warned us in the Q&A that all may, in, at Paleyfest, that all with Johnny and Robbie may not yet be copacetic, or just, you know, during the panel, that all may not be copacetic just because they want it to be. Right. So do you have any thoughts on what awaits Robbie beyond that? I mean, I think we talked a little bit around it when we were recapping the trailer. Having this adversarial yet family relationship between Robbie Miguel and Johnny would be a heck of a lot of fun. Yep. And I think Robbie and Miguel as full-on frenemies is something we haven't seen yet, and that would be a lot of fun. That would be like a lot of fun. Like, if they were just, like, a junior Johnny and Daniel, you know, that would be kind of an amazing thing to unfold. I would love to see. Yeah, give us Take It on the Run Junior, where it's Robbie and Miguel have to solve a problem that's unique to them or or maybe they have to go maybe they're the only ones available to like rescue dimitri or sam or somebody you know yeah no of course i think that that makes me think also about what i just said about there needs to be a fight at a, at a historical location like the beach or something a we, beach fight would be fun we're gonna see a little bit of johnny and robbie in a fight situation together but we haven't got to see the legacy stars and the new stars fighting together that's true we haven't gotten to see you know them what i in my fantasy we see johnny and daniel breaking up a breaking up a fight that they then have to engage with as well because of the other legacy cast members their adult allies Mm -hmm. so again that that family dynamic right we've robbie miguel and johnny then there's daniel Sam, who also has a relationship with Johnny in a, mm-hmm. you know, in a kind of like fictive kin, as we say in anthropology, they're not blood kin, but they have another kind of kinship. Yes. Anthony, who may or may not be getting some karate chops, and then Chosen, everybody's favorite karate uncle. That's right. Chosen the bub of this, of this whole deal. Yes. And then, of course, then there are still like a few legacy karate kid characters who are out in the ether. Kamiko could show up again. Mike Barnes and his cronies are still out there somewhere. Representing the Cobra Kai, the challenger, Mike Barnes! And you, you can dream about me. Karate's bad boy, Mike Barnes. There's still quite a bit to play with. So, I would like to call back to something that you we were talking about earlier with Kreese. I think if Daniel is the one to bust crease out of jail it has the potential to be this excellent frenemy moment of like when walter white went to hector salamanca and enlisted his help in destroying gus fring you and i we have a common enemy i mean i think that's interesting i also think maybe it's worth considering that maybe what we witnessed was crease's final defeat like he got his comeuppance in the way uh, a true backstabber does. He finally got outlied and outcheated by someone who played the game even better than he did. Yep. And that maybe all Kreese's scenes in season five will be like, well, they got me. Nah. I guess I'm in jail now. Nah. Kreese would never go down like that. And above all, Martin Coe's agent would never let that happen. That's true. That's true. Because Martin Cove has the best promotional chops of any member of this cast that said i think that crease his power is checked mm-hmm. in a way the writers of the show the showrunners want to give him a moment will want to give him a moment but i think that everything that crease does from now on because he's been forced to to look at the fact that he has an investment in johnny lawrence beyond what he admits mm-hmm and he's had his power stripped. When he returns, he'll be grappling with that, and he might be part of the ultimate takedown of Terry Silver, but he won't ever be who he was because someone's gotten the best of him. So in that vein, I think you're correct. Can we talk for a minute about Chosen? Of course. So there's some whispers amongst the fans. Some people are speculating that Chosen will die, which makes absolutely no sense to me from a narrative perspective. This is not that kind of show. No, I think if anyone's going to die in this show, it's going to be Kreese. And I don't think the show wants to kill Kreese either, frankly. I hope not. That's not the show I want to see. Right. But in the case... Kreese will probably fake his own death. Well, that's, you know, he'll wind up in Tahiti. Exactly. 
Yeah, God knows. But the but with Chosen, I think that he may not be in the show as much as we want him to be, although it does very much feel from the trailer and from the way that season four ended that this is his season, right? Like, he's the, he's the big the big darling of this season. Yeah. Well, I think Chosen's utility as a character serves in a very important way in that Daniel is constantly looking for Mr. Miyagi. Yes. And looking for guidance from Mr. Miyagi in everything he does, even... Even when he knows that he needs to move on from it. Yeah, even even then. Mm-hmm. And, like, again, like, the final, one of the final scenes from season four says that very plainly again, right? And I, and I think maybe one of Chosen's utilities as a character is that he will serve as, like, the ultimate Miyagi surrogate for Daniel, but it's a real case of be careful what you wish for, where it's like Chosen is also a student in Miyagi-Do, you know, he's from Mr. Miyagi's hometown, but personality-wise, he could not be less like Mr. Miyagi. Yeah. He has no chill. He uses Miyagi-Do offensively. He's chaotic Miyagi. He's not what if Johnny studied under Miyagi-Do, he's what if Miyagi-Do was run by Johnny, like... (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, I think I think also like it's great because always the character of Chosen had this energy that was hilarious mm-hmm. and terrifying. Right. But now Chosen gets to be hilarious and terrifying and in on the joke of how he is both hilarious and terrifying. Yeah. So there there's just so much pleasure in this. If you noticed in that in that last in that last um stinger when Daniel's looking at Chosen saying, you know, holding up the sigh like Ralph's eyes that Ralph Macchio is about to burst out laughing mm-hmm. at Yuji in that in that scene like it's so great. Yeah. And so I think that Chosen I don't know if he's going to have much of an arc, but I don't know if he needs an arc, you know, or or perhaps the greatest gift of all, they give him a new arc that feels like a variation on his th- character's theme, which is, in his case, right, to Daniel, he was humbled mm-hmm. by his loss. Sato took him in, and, you know, it meant a lot to him. Genuinely, I'm like, oh. <laughs> it really did. It meant a lot to him to be able to see Daniel again. Right. But now Chosen can sort of embrace the snake within. Sure. And let that chaos reign for a bit. Mm -hmm. So his arc is not going to be like redeeming a villain. He's already redeemed and living in the afterlife of his villainy. But now he gets to get back in touch with his own aggressive nature. That's right. Beyond using Miyagi moves on a scroll. So I think that's going to be really fun to see. Absolutely. And maybe he'll bring some more scrolls just for the hell of it. Oh, well, that's the other fun thing, is I'm sure he's got all sorts of secret Miyagi-Do techniques that he's going to bust out. Like, this will definitely, like, I don't think we'll have a big tournament, but I definitely think this will be a year that we'll get another super secret Miyagi-Do move along the lines of the crane kick, the drum punch, and then the pressure point maneuver. And And that wild thing with the... On the you're on your hands and then you do a kick from a handstand that Daniel taught Robbie. Oh yeah, in season one. Yeah, so we'll get a fifth new Miyagi Do technique for sure. Absolutely. All that to say, I really hope we get some trademark Amanda realness and my kingdom to see her and doing the realness with Chosen. Realness with Chosen would be nice. Well, I mean, the nice thing about season four is that Amanda now like is using her trademark Amanda realness offensively. So it'll be interesting to see how they iterate on Amanda's character again in season five. So this is all our thoughts from this trailer. I think I'm done with that. I've got a few like after after thoughts. We're just talking about Cobra Kai and where it is in, in the cultural landscape and the Netflix landscape. Do you have anything else to add about the trailer? No. Awesome. Thank you for listening to our trailer recap and analysis, folks. And and on the heels of that, I just wanted to say, like, it was an interesting time to see this date announcement, which, of course, coincided with Netflix as a joke. It's particularly interesting in light of all the news about Netflix going through difficulties. Yeah, exactly. Well, I mean, as much difficulties as a billion-dollar corporation (laughs) can go through, I mean, keep in mind, like, these are all matters of scale. It's not like... Netflix is going out of business anytime soon. But it is interesting that Netflix's evolution as a company is entering a new turning point because it is no longer the premier streaming service. It is now one of many premier streaming services. And they've been doing things to distinguish themselves, like having Cobra Kai, 
like having other premium shows. But also because of the fallout, like all the recent news about Netflix, it's a strike against public confidence in Netflix. People thought that maybe they were too big to fail. They were, they were the smartest guys in the room. Maybe they're not. Yep. And so now their, you know, their stock has taken a dip or whatever, you know, like they're having to restructure their business plans. And they're la- they're canceling and laying off a lot of talent. And they're canceling and laying off a lot of talent. Well, that was the second thing I was going to get to was the fallout means they're reconsidering a lot of their business plan, which it seemed to me for a number of years, their business model was let's throw as much money behind original properties as we possibly can. There was a really interesting piece a couple of weeks ago in The Hollywood Reporter that talked about this, right? Mm -hmm. So, you know, Cindy Holland from the production side would bring in the big shows and help them get funded. She was at Netflix until 2020, and she was part of pouring money into these media juggernauts. Right. And then under Ted Sarandos' leadership, they brought in Bella Bajaria and other folks, and it was sort of Bella Bajaria versus Cindy Holland as they each with their different styles brought in talent and shows, but there was no ultimate veto power. One person would bring in one show or veto that, then the other person would still be able to bring it in. Right. So during the moment when Cindy Holland's reign came to an end for whatever reason, and Bella Bajaria had her kind of ascendancy at Netflix, they were still funding all these different projects, bringing in content that was also seen as representational, a lot of diverse voices, that leadership divided, then Cindy Holland leaves, then Netflix slowly begins to kind of unravel as the, I think, aftershocks of that transition happen. It's not necessarily down to either of the two women. It's kind of the way they were pitted against each other. At least that's the way this Hollywood Reporter article reads. Well, and there's also a sustainability question in all of it, right? Of course, and they're facing all this competition. But what is interesting is that there's this moment where you look at Twitter, which is still out there. Twitter is still afloat. But a lot of, for now, but a lot of writers are saying, I was just let go, to doom is over. So, you know, for those of us who are fans of Cobra Kai, especially in light of the Oscars stuff, like and what happened with Will Smith, who's part of it, you know, people are like, oh my gosh, like, what's going to happen? I, I was pretty confident Cobra Kai would be okay because it's such a big hit. It is. And it was a number one for so many days. You know, Mike can tell us just how many days. But at any rate... It was a lot. It was a lot of days. The deal is, I felt pretty good about Cobra Kai, especially since Bella Bajaria is still at Netflix, and she's the one who brought Cobra Kai in at Netflix. For sure. So I think that, you know, Cobra Kai was front and center at Netflix as a joke, which as a fan, you know, in terms of, like, fan feelings reasserted Netflix's, we're not going anywhere, and we're going to give you fans the party you want. I'm not yet sure how this will play out in terms of, like, award shows in the broader landscape of of content for your consideration, but I think Cobra Kai is safe. I think Cobra Kai is going to get another season from the optimistic things that the showrunners are saying, from the way that the seasons have played out to, to date. Yeah. But I think that after season six is done, we're going to see a lot of other content that is maybe, like, anime or we've t- long said how much we wanted an anime in the Miyagi-verse. That would be fun. I think the showrunners and the production staff at Cobra Kai are doing what all smart media people are doing, which is they're hedging their bets by dropping hints that they're not done with the Miyagi-verse quite yet. There are potentials for spinoffs. We could still get our Kreese spinoff movie. We could still get our Dimitri and Hawk series. We could get an anime about the early days of Mr. Miyagi. We can get a a show about Topanga karate. Rise of Xander. Yeah, exactly. It'd be the Parks and Rec to Cobra Kai's (laughs) The Office. There's still quite a bit of room to maneuver. The production and and history of Cobra Kai is so strange. It was a pickup for Netflix. It, It was a great value proposition for them because they got two to three seasons worth of content that were already paid for essentially by YouTube in addition to the new seasons. So now that Netflix is picking up the bill for these new seasons, maybe they are going to be a little more cautious with it. But then again, season four did better than any previous year and got all the Rotten Tomatoes scores, spent all those days at number one. And that's partly because of the goodwill it had been building for those first three years anyway. I think the future looks bright. I think the fandom looks pretty bright. How delightful to be with flesh and blood fans and people that we've known and seen on social media for years. How wonderful to see the cast doing so well and to see the young cast so grown up and time flying so quickly. And uh, how exciting to see a trailer that can still discombobulate and excite. In the best possible way. 
It's exactly what you want. They wound this all up in just the right way to this ultimate pitch, but like the arrival of Yuji as chosen again really sets up this end game for the last couple seasons of this show. We're really like going balls to the wall. We're doing this. We're not stopping. You know, no sleep till Brooklyn. I think five is an amazing number of seasons for a show like this. I'm I'm hoping that it's going to be more. But, you know, our show has to get through season four. That's before right. Before we can even Keep talk listening. about that. So we will definitely be back in a, a couple of weeks with the next episode of this. But then we'll have all of season five to get through. So although knowing our history, you and I will probably just stay up all night September 9th binging that. Oh, yeah. Yeah. We'll get a big takeout order of sushi. We'll say more about this later. But for me, it will be a big moment for my personal brand integration. Well, I think we've said all that we could say about a trailer. Absolutely. And judging by the length of this episode, we were very excited about it. Not as excited as some people who talked about recent Cobra Kai events for five hours on their podcast. Cobra guys, what did you take in order to do that? Look, we've talked for a while, too. We will be back at you next time with Cobra Kai Season 3, Episode 4, Bicephaly. Bicephaly. Until then, I've been Colin Kennedy. I've been Jenny Carlson. And we'll see you around the Miyagiverse. See you around the Miyagiverse. Are You Karate Kidding Me is hosted by Colin Kennedy and Jenny Carlson. Intro music is by Chepo. Cobra Kai music is by Leo Bierenberg and Zach Robinson. Karate Kid music is by Bill Conti. Rate our show on Apple Podcasts or your podcatcher of choice to help grow our listenership. Email us at KarateKidPod at gmail.com with questions and comments, or find us on social media. Use the Twitter handle at KarateKidPod. This podcast is independently produced by Geckring Media. Media.